Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I am Bruce. And welcome to the first of two deck tales uh, of the season. Uh, we have we have a deck here that we just like couldn't figure out what to choose for Bruce's deck, and we realized that somehow we hadn't chosen this deck to talk about before. I believe this is like the first deck that you made um since starting the podcast since starting the podcast i think so because i think you were we were gonna talk about it and then you're like <clears> i want to <throat> get some games under my belt with it and then just kept pushing it off and then we found other decks to talk was you not the one that won the the little contest i was running before we started the podcast i did Possible. a i did a thing on twitter with a number of legendary creatures that i wanted to build and let the uh let the twitter folk uh cast their ballots so i had a uh <clears throat> was it a, a top thirty-two and whittled it all the way down to number one? I think Yannick was. I think Yannick was the winner of that one. So and here, a whole eighteen months later, yes, uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about uh, Yennet, Cryptic Sovereign. For those who don't know, Yennet, Cryptic Sovereign, is a five mana creature. It's uh, black, blue, white, two, three, five legendary creature, creature Sphinx, Flying Vigilance Menace. Remember those three. Uh, whenever Yennet Cryptic Sovereign attacks, reveal the top card of your library. If that card's converted mana cost, or mana value, is odd, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Otherwise, draw a card. Um, Just to be clear, for those of you who are not familiar with Yennet, uh, you will want to take a look at the card. Uh, look at the images, look at the art in the card, look at everything about the card. Everything about the card is about odd numbers. Hmm. With... Uh, I mean, from the obvious power and toughness and mana value cost of five, um, all the way down to uh, the number of words in the flavor text, the number of pillars in the picture, the number of everything about this card. It's all odd numbers, even Yenit. The uh, the collector number, uh, 51 of 307. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what this deck, man... I've seen this deck perform. I've seen this deck fall. Um, it's a very exciting thing to watch. The the yeah the, the, there doesn't seem to be an in between with the deck. Mm-hmm. I'll say that right up front. It seems to either win explosively or uh, fail dramatically. <laughs> um, ideally for me, I saw Yenit and thought, okay, I am just going to build this with all all odd mana valued cards because mm-hmm. that way. Every single time I flip the card over, I'm getting it's going to be a land, or it's going to be an odd, or it's going to be a card that I can put put out, or or a card that I can play right away. So I intentionally did that. Um, I'm trying to remember if there were any cards that were actually even costed, and I wanted to believe there were a couple. There were um, uh, the last time I looked at the list, but looking at it now, I don't believe those cards are actually. Yeah, I in believe I cleaned that up a little bit. Just oh, okay. Because I wanted, I wanted to be completely sure. You wanted to be completely on theme. I get it. I, uh, I, I wanted mean, to be completely odd, and yeah, I am. the The cards that I remember that were even cast before were uh, two of the three courts that yeah. could, that could fit in this deck. I think it was probably the the white and the black one. Yeah, I had them in. Mostly because I just had them, right, and wanted to try them out, and just decided, what am I doing? 
there there's a theme with this deck we can get to that uh, it's so, not odd enough <laughs> yeah and it, yeah the deck just wasn't odd enough so i went full on um so like i say every every card in the deck is either a land or odd so um, i yeah i see that yeah uh there are some cards so we we just before recording we laid this out on the table and uh i mean we looked at the architect list kind of laid it out to the the custom uh categories that you've got yeah uh and uh there are cards in here that i've not seen in quite some time yeah. i mean outside of this deck uh we've got a uh, sorcerer's apprentice is that what it's called yes and Andy asks what it's called because the version I have is a black-bordered Korean, I believe. Um, I'm going to say it's Japanese, but... Jap- could be. Yeah. Um, either way, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, where was it here? Uh, it's blue-blue one. It's a zero-one. And for blue and tap, uh, you get three colorless mana. Yeah. Creature. Um, and yeah, that's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put, there, I put him in there. I put him in there because I wanted Grant. Yeah. And um, I just thought he's 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 been a fun ramp card for me in the past. And I realized that as a zero one creature, it's pretty vulnerable. <laughs> but um, it's uh, it, it proves to be a lot of fun. And it's a deck, body if you need it. Yeah. And the deck is. Uh, I mean, the deck. I would say it's primarily white blue, but there's a lot of blue. So. Um, it's it's rarely a time when you don't have the blue mana to sink into it to, mm. to add three more. Um, yeah, so we, I went that route. Um, as long as we're talking, uh, as long as we're talking ramp, mm-hmm. um, I might as well just go deep on, into the ramp portion. Please do. Um, most ramp in good commander decks, mm-hmm. uh, especially when we're talking mana rocks, is going to cost two. Um, we all know this. There's plenty of two mana mana rocks. Yeah, there's lots all the of them. Moxin, uh, Soul Ring, Mana Vault. Your Signets, your oh, right, et cetera, right. et cetera. That's, that's what you mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they all cost two. Yeah. Um, but I decided I wasn't going to play that game, and so I have uh, obviously Soul Rings in the deck, um, and my one copy of Mana Vault is <laughs> in the deck. However, all the rest of the of the mana rocks are all three mana mana rocks. So, um, and I opted for a few, a few ones that are a little bit different. Um, yeah, they're doing with, some, uh, some excellent things, but three mana mana rocks lately. Um, right. And I'm sure you could, you know, slot in and out as you see fit. Um, I really enjoy the, the inclusion of cultivators caravan. Um, I love that one. I really enjoy the card. Um, for those who are wondering, it's a three mana artifact vehicle. For, it's a five five, uh, and crew for three. Which I mean, amazing. Right. Or you can just tap it to add any one, uh, any one mana of any color. Um, it's. I mean, it's a body when you need one, if you can. I mean, get the three, which generally isn't too hard. Well, when I put it in the deck, Yenit mm-hmm. uh, has power yeah. so my initial thought was there were going to be times when i was not going to want to swing with yenit or maybe i don't want to block with yenit mm-hmm. so i could tap yenit because yenit has vigilance so it would act as a, an excellent a surprise blocker um 
tap Yenit, use the caravan as a five-five, and block somebody with the you know a bonus a bonus two power on the front yeah. end without them really realizing what they were walking into. So, um, because I mean, let's be honest, most people haven't played cult- Cultivator's Caravan, and they're certainly if you haven't crewed it at any point in time, <laughs> people are going to be suddenly be surprised when you do. So, mm. um, so yeah, I wanted to uh, wanted to give that one a shot. Um, another one that I've really started hyping lately is Spectral Searchlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that this is a three-man or mana rock that essentially just taps for taps for the colors that you can that your commander can produce. Yeah. Um, but I love the idea that you can give that mana to somebody else. Um, There's so many points in so many games where somebody at the table is like, oh, like just just needed one more. Just and yeah, so I have. Uh, I haven't used it that often for other people, but I will say that I have used it, um, and it's, <laughs> it has been a lot of fun. Uh, so I am. It, it's in no that card is in no danger of, of losing its losing its slot in uh, yeah in the deck. That's for sure. So. I uh, I just put one in one of the new decks that I'm I'm building, and I'm very excited about it. Um, what is Verge Rangers? Speaking well, of ramp. Yeah, so Verge Rangers is a three mana. Of course it's three mana. Mm-hmm. Is a three mana creature. It's a three three creature. It's a human scout. It has first strike, and it says you may look at the top card of your library at library anytime. Now, that's the reason that this card is in the deck. Because as long as I can look at the top card, I'll know whether you want to attack with Yenit or not. Exactly, because I know what I'm going to get with Yenit, so I can plan my attack a little better. Um, however, it also says, as long as an opponent controls more lands than you, you may play lands from the top of your library. Since I know that it's a... If I know that there's a land there, mm-hmm. I can play it, then look at the next card. And there, there's no restriction as far as multiple lands, but more importantly, I'm clearing the top of my library. Right to get to a card that's going to be effective in combat or effective, you know, that I'll get to play. It's not going to be a, a, a stinky land that I flip <laughs> over and be like, oh, look, it's a land. Uh, which, you know, sure, I get to draw it, but I would much rather uh, play something fun and exciting. And Verge Ranger sort of clears out the top of the library while also acting as ramp because I mm. do get to play more lands. So... Only, I mean, like, it, it allows you to keep up with your land. Well, keep up with my opponents. Right. But, I mean, like, oh, you, you, if yeah. you've played a land from your hand, you can't play from it. Yeah. But, so, like, I mean, you get to, you know, it's essentially another card draw. Look right. at Look at the top card before you play your land and then decide. Right. And with Verge Rangers out, you're never going to play the play the land in your hand until you've checked <laughs> to see what's on top of your library after you yeah. draw. So, um you know, you're always going to maximize off the top. I mean, I guess, unless, of course, you need a particular color. <laughs> but um, either way, that's, the card works so well in so many ways with this deck that like, it just made sense to me to put it in. Yeah. Um, so, as we said, this deck has, uh, like, all non-land cards are odd. Yes. So, what is the situation that you don't want to attack with Yenit? Uh, I mean, I guess it's like if situational. Yenit is, if Yenit is going to die, 
when you swing, mm-hmm. then m- m- maybe you don't <laughs> want to attack with Yennet. Um, and I say maybe mostly because a lot of times the card on the top of your library is going to save you. Maybe it makes Yennet unblockable. Maybe it maybe it's a, a, a piece of removal that destroys a, the creature that could block. Mm. Um, to be clear, Yennet has flying, vigilance, and a menace. So your opponent <laughs> needs to have two flying creatures. Mm. So even if they do have two flying creatures, one piece of removal means now they can't block. Right. And, you know, there's a handful of removal in the deck. Oh, yeah. It's, it seems to be the overwhelming pile here. Uh, and <clears throat> a lot of it, honestly, is kind of uh, very straightforward. We've got Swords Plowshare, Deathbringer Liege, uh, Mortify, Path to Exile, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I really enjoy uh, some of the the out of left field things here, uh, if only because like they are odd. Um, right. You don't see much of Luminate Primordial. You don't see much of Ingaric's Wake because they are so expensive. Right. Um, the deck does have a way to. The, there's not a ton of library manipulation, mm-hmm. but there is some. So there's a lot of times when you can adjust it to make sure that those are the cards coming out mm. and you're not having to pay for them. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, those two, uh, I mean, Angel of Despair costs seven. Um, it, yeah, there's, there's some pretty pricey, oh, and Void Winnower. Mm. Shieldred. One. Shieldred. Yeah. Um, and, like, I like that, you know, even, even, Fithis, I think that's how uh, it's pronounced. Is I mean, it's a it's seven mana, four black pips. Which I mean, as you were saying earlier, this is a very much a blue and white deck. Um, yeah. So you're not looking for that to be in your hand. Uh, no. But you know, if you can get it off of Yenit, then it's an instant right. rather than a sorcery, rather than which a sorcery. is amazing. Um. <clears throat> But, uh, I mean, <laughs> since this is uh, deck tales, ooh, um, I, I will share a little story of, uh, I mean, it's it's going to be a short one. Uh, I remember playing against Yen at once and having, like, this huge board presence. And, like, I think everybody had, like, a pretty substantial board presence. And you blindly attacked with Yen into an Ingaric's Wake. And uh, it was heartbreaking uh (laughs) but it was amazing uh because i mean you don't expect to see it i mean it's a sorcery you don't expect to see it in the middle of a turn uh especially right as combat as we're about to go into blockers everyone's getting ready to like figure out their blockers and it's like well don't even have to worry about it anymore right and especially later in the game Mm -hmm. um sometimes you can just swing in with the like that yeah and you know, if you don't find it, like if you're if you are literally swinging in blind and you don't know what you're going to get and you don't get what you need, well, Yenit is a commander. You can pay more <laughs> and and get Yenit right back out again. So. Um, yeah, it it's funny because it the more I talk about, or think about this deck, I uh, I I realize how much of it is like a. It's, it's an inverse of your Grenzo deck. 
you're flipping off the top instead of on the bottom. Yeah. And sometimes you're just kind of, I mean, sometimes you've got three cards here in the four card. I guess you've got four or five cards in the library manipulation uh, section. And it is generally going to be fairly blind flippy. Uh, yeah. Um, I hadn't really thought of it as Grenzo. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're right. It, it kind of is flipping off the front. <laughs> it's flipping off the top instead of the bottom. Um, in case you're wondering, the library manipulation package, uh, there's an aqueous form, which is... Also doubles as... Uh, I mean, as yeah, creature yeah. can't be blocked. Um, but whenever it attacks, scry one. And with this deck, Yenid is attacking most turns. So you're going to get to scry... So Yenid attacks... You can scry, and there's the ability, so you can stack them in whatever, whatever order you want. Um, so I almost always stack it in the order of being able to scry, because I want to <laughs> get something good on the top, if I can. Um, the other four cards are Brainstorm. Uh, the idea of, you know, the draw three and then put two on top. Well, you just put the one on top that you want in the right place, and you're good to go. Uh, Dreamcache. Uh, essentially Dreamcast does the same thing as Brainstorm but costs a little more and you could put stuff on the bottom uh, Ponder <clears throat> I'm not even going to bother with that and the obvious Sensei's, Sensei's Divining Top which um, once it's out there you're basically activating it every turn Yeah, uh, you're crazy not to you can if you're setting the top three just remember you're drawing the first card and the next card is going to be <laughs> the one that Yenit is going to flip for you so you can just set it up accordingly um yeah it's it's all very impressive how a lot of these cards end up doing multiple things um obviously a lot of the uh deck manipulation stuff is specific to that but like you know dreamcast does kind of draw you as well uh like we were saying, Aqueous Form gets Yenit to be not blocked. Right. Um, one of one of my favorites that kind of does a bit of, uh, I mean, I guess not double duty, but uh, one of one of my favorites that to to just imagine coming off of the top is Fool's Demise. Uh, it says it's a five minute enchantment, four and a blue. Uh, enchant creature when enchanted creatures put into a graveyard return the creature t uh, to play under your control when it is uh, when fool's demise is put into a graveyard from play return fool's demise into its owner's hand which um you know you can play it on yenit sure uh so that you can get past the the commander tax every time right um and you can really uh kind of start looping it into just never really leaving until somebody like like they they need the double spell right and it, you said get rid of the commander tax and that's almost exactly the way it works because fool's demise costs five which is the same as what yenit costs so in essence when you pl replay the fool's demise it's as though you're replaying yenit but without the without the tax now so it feels like you're getting yenit without tax now uh, say you attack with Yenit. Right. And um, the um, 
forget I forget I suppose any of this. Fool's demise, you don't have to attach to your own creature. You do not. Uh, you can attach to somebody else's creature. Uh, and then when it dies, through any amount of your removal, so if you get right. Fool's Demise in hand, attach to something, uh, attack with Yenit, and maybe if you get, I don't know, some sort of board wipe, uh, you mm-hmm. hit their creature. Yeah. That's amazing. And you're going to get Fool's Demise back in your hand. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it it works well that way. Um, <clears throat> to be fair, I most of the time I'm probably just going to put it on the Sovereign. But mm-hmm. um, there are times, I mean, if you already know the Sovereign can get through. Right. Then put it on one of the creatures you think that he might block with. Yeah. And suddenly they're probably not blocking with that creature. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, it's... It really does sort of set things up, um, and like you said, if you know you, if I know I've got mass removal on the top of the library, well, all the all the better. So, mm. um, yeah, um, yeah, that's that's kind of the quick overview of this deck. Um, when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, some very specific instances of awesomeness in this deck. All right. Sounds good. We'll be right back. This episode of Temple of the False Pod is brought to you by... Todd. (laughs) Why Todd? Why not Todd? It certainly wasn't going to be brought to you by Steven. Thank you, Todd. And now back to you. Uh, we're back uh, hey. with Yenit, the <clears throat> beautiful Sphinx in the sky. Uh, the amount of times that anyone at the table, especially, I mean, not to throw you under the bus, especially you, mm-hmm. have forgotten that Yenit has menace. Oh yeah, I do that all the time. It's nuts. All the time. I have lost games. I lost a game <laughs> at BrewCon because I forgot Yenit had Menace. Mm. Um, and then I ended up searching out a card that would make her unblockable, but I needed the mana to do to do something else to pump her, I think it was. <laughs> and if I had just attacked, pumped, I would have won. And it was on the board. It was clear as day. And I forgot one of my own commanders, one of my own commander's abilities. Um, Menace is easily the most underrated part of um, part of Yenit's ability. Mm. And this is coming from someone who champions Vigilance like you wouldn't believe. Uh, I love Vigilance on the card, but that flying and Menace yeah, that's is a tough one. Almost close to unblockable. Uh, you you run into you know maybe somebody who's running a flying deck, uh, somebody who has flying to, you know spirit tokens or theme. even yeah or even i mean <clears throat> spiders right but cetera. there are there are, most decks just yeah. simply cannot deal with this without removal they have to use removal to get rid of yenit um and if you hadn't already guessed uh yeah this deck really does push the voltron aspect mm. um it's usually yenit uh, there are a handful of other creatures that i really enjoy using uh Mostly of the other creatures that are around, Sunscorch Regent 
is one of the other cards that I will, you know, try and <laughs> try and use it to carry to carry me through. Now, obviously, it's you know I'm not going to win with commander damage with Sunscorch Sun Regent, but um, it's a five mana four three flying creature. Uh, not bad. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a plus one plus one counter on the Regent and gain a life. Even better. This thing gets huge really fast. So oftentimes all it takes is one or two cards. Make it unblockable. Mm. Make it, uh, you know, some way to give it some extra boost. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got Silver Steel Paladin. You got Battle Mastery. You can, I mean, just give this thing double strike. Right. And it, if it has double strike, given how big it's getting. Uh, yeah. yeah. Each, each People counter can put is going to be... Right, people can put blockers in front of it, but the blockers are unlikely to ever kill it because it's going to kill everything with first strike uh, on the first strike, rather than even wait for the second round of yeah. the double strikes. So, um, yeah, so it it turns into a, a a pretty pretty powerful beast. So, um, I remember a dragon. the The thing I remember about this card, and the thing that uh, if you ever any of you out there ever play with this card, do not forget the one life for each spell i remember i made a yeah. copy of it and only remembered the plus one plus one counters i'm pretty sure i lost that game because i forgot to gain the like 30 life the yeah. incidental life gain uh and you just kind of sit there and take it up and you're like yeah. all right it's easy to get this to get the regent out turn four turn five yeah and just you start putting plus one counters if nobody deals with it, this thing can gain you a huge pile of life. Just mm. a huge pile. Uh, whether it's loot spells and other things that are happening, it just creeps up. And the thing is, it doesn't have any... It's a flyer, but if an opponent can deal with a large flyer, then they just let it go. Right. And suddenly nobody's getting any help. People are seeing how big the creature is getting. They're not realizing... <clears throat> I. Re I remember, I think we played a game with Benny, mm -hmm. and this came out. Yeah. And there was one point in the game where somebody was like, Bruce, what? your life total is what? And you're like, uh, 60-something. Right. And <laughs> I was this, like, oh my god. Right. But this was a game on spell table. Yeah. The life total is there and apparent, and yeah. I wasn't doing anything to hide it. No. It's like, oh, I gain a life. Bang. And it's just one life. And I love, spell I love cards like this where it's just one. Mm. I mean, simply put... Think of the number of times you've played against somebody who's played, um, what's this, the one, any of the one, one creatures where you gain a life every time somebody plays a creature. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So think of those games and think how obnoxious those cards were and how many life they gained. And now realize that this region also gains that one life for all those creatures, but it also gains it for every other spell too. Yeah. Um, it's just. You do something, I gain a life. Yeah. And it's just over and over and over again. Um, it's it's really impressive, especially where if you compare it to, what is it, Mana Gorder Hydra, um, which essentially does the same thing, but I don't think that the Mana Gorger has I don't think the it life. has the life link. Um, and I feel like, ever, like whenever that comes out onto the board, okay, it's got Trample, yeah. but like whenever that comes out on the board, it's this huge scourge and i feel like nobody ever nobody really pays attention to this as region. this huge issue right and it is just it, it is a freaking monster so yeah it looks like it 
Um, you've got a couple cards in here uh, yep. that uh, stand out above the rest. Um, this one I've never seen, but I would love to. Um, Ghastly Conscription. Yeah. Five red. Uh, five red. Jeez. Five black black sorcery. Exile all creature cards from target player's graveyard in a face down pile. Shuffle that pile, then manifest those cards. Um, manifest says, uh, put it onto the battlefield face down as a 2-2 creature. Turn it face up anytime for its mana cost if it's a creature card. Um, so you go after the person with the biggest graveyard. With the biggest graveyard. Uh, you get a bunch of, you get a bunch of 2-2s. They don't, correct? That's right. I get all your cards. And they're manifest. Yeah. So they're face down. So sometimes you don't even want to go go after the person who has the largest graveyard. You want to go against the person who has is in the same colors that you're in. Mm. Because <laughs> manifest, you can play those face down. If it's a creature, you can play it. Yeah. Uh, or... But you, yeah, but you need to have the right colors. Now I have a bunch of ways to make all five colors, so there's that. But um, <clears throat> yeah, and it just piles up. I have yet to have that one come out yet. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't shown itself in in any of my games yet. So um, I can't tell you how good or bad it is, but uh, I'm looking looking forward to seeing that come out. Oddly enough, I think the biggest scourge in this deck is Sanctum Prelate, uh, your weirdest prison uh, card in here. Yeah, it's one white white two two human cleric. As Sanctum Prelate enters the battlefield, choose a number, any number, non creature. Spells with the converted mana cost equal to the chosen number can't be cast. Right. So what are you going for, Bruce? <clears throat> four. Four. It's almost always four. Unless somebody is playing a spell that is just absolutely miserable, I know it's coming, and then I'll play choose the other choose whatever number that is. But, but Bruce, you can't you can't play four then. That's right, I can't. <laughs> and I, I I will agree to those terms. <laughs> okay. Um, um the other part the other one? Is if you get the prelate out very early, and you feel like a particular dirt bag, you pick two, <laughs> and all those two mana mana rocks, all those two mana creatures, mm. all the two mana enchantments, and everything else that works to build up the, your your opponent's game states and get them ready for later on, mm-hmm. just get stuffed, and it's just miserable. And I said I said creatures, but it's non-creature spells. Yeah. So your creature, your two mana, two mana creatures would be fine. But um, either way, the prelate is it can be miserable. But yeah, I almost always choose four because um, you know you're not gonna be you're not gonna be bothered by it. I'm not gonna be bothered by it, and there are a lot of really great spells, mm. really great non-creature spells at four. Um, so I wanna I wanna run that. And uh, in case you're wondering, I did open a couple more of these in the boxes of commander legends oh good uh, so i'm looking forward to a 60 card deck where a lot of players are not going to be playing most of their deck um maybe i'll change my mind after a turn or two because that doesn't sound like a lot of fun but <clears throat> i think for one game it might be a blast you know it's a two mana spell what's that cyclonic rift well all the more reason to pick two yeah um so. I, I think we've been building up and building up to this moment. Yeah. Corrupted Conscience. Yes. Um, three blue blue. Enchantment aura. Enchanted creature. Or enchant creature. 
You control enchanted creature. Yes. Enchanted creature as infect. Yes. Um, this is not an infect build, but <clears throat> you can do some crazy things with this, Bruce. We just described Fool's Demise earlier in the podcast and what it does and how, mm-hmm. how you can play it on Yennet or you can play it on an opponent's creature and eventually get the opponent's creature and do all kinds of fun things with that. Uh, Corrupted Conscience is exactly the same. <laughs> I can take, you know, I can play it and take away an opponent's blocker. I can play it and get their best creature. Oh, by the way, it now has effect, so when it hits, it hits freaking hard. Oh, my God. Um, I can play it uh, on Yennet. Um, I find that if I end up drawing Corrupted Conscience, uh, quite often I just hold it in my hand because it seems like it's only a matter of time until someone is going to steal Yennet from me. Ah. They're going to try and take Yennet. And I'm like, oh, I'm taking Yennet back. And you're going to be really unhappy that I have taken Yennet back. (laughs) Um, And for those of you who are thinking Yennet's only a 3-5, they're going to have to hit four times. There are so many ways to get Yennet's power a little bit higher. Oh, yeah. So even if Yennet only hits, most of the time Yennet will hit for five easily. And quite often, um, I believe I have won a game by doing over... By doing the full 21 commander damage in one swing. Ooh! So, uh, yeah, Yennet can be really miserable. And with Corrupted Conscience, you don't even have to go that far. Yeah. Uh, you know. And, I mean, honestly, you don't really need to justify somebody taking your Yennet. I mean, you've got card, oh, yeah. you've got card draw. You've got potential free spells. Uh, you've got a flying menace. Uh, and <clears throat> on top of it, you don't get those things. Right. Uh, which, which, yeah. Why, why would you, <laughs> you know? Well, exactly. So, um, but corrupted conscience has shown up in a lot of my games, mm-hmm. um, and I mean a lot. Uh, it seems like it shows up just about every time I play this deck, which is kind of surprising. But um, there it is. So, uh, I've had a lot of fun and a lot of experience with it, and seen it countered more often than I wish. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, so, so I I let you play it once uh, because you stole my Rurik Thar uh, with and, the corrupted conscience. Uh, yep. Nice. Uh, you stole my Rurik Thar, and Rurik Thar says that whenever a player yep. casts a non-creature spell, is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, Rurik Thar deals six damage to them. Uh-huh. Um, Needless to say, it needed to be taken care of immediately. Yeah. Because uh, that's infect damage, baby. Because that's infect damage. <laughs> uh, that would be a, a fast a fast one. But uh, yeah. that was that was an impressive, exciting big play. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I think, um, <laughs> to be fair, I didn't even really think that one through. Because I didn't, wasn't really thinking about the infect. I was just thinking... Big, a six six a tra- six six uh, trample with trample infect vi- vigilance. I don't remember, yeah, but whatever. Big dude who's going to do some serious infect damage, <laughs> and then was like, "Oh wow, that's yeah, that's big." So I had a lot of fun with that. All right, with our last couple minutes, let's talk about uh, cards that you wish to see more in this deck, or at least like like uh, effects you wish to see more. But before that, let's let's bring it down a little. Talk about things that you're thinking of cutting. Okay, so the primary issue I have with the deck is mm-hmm. the fact that there are no 
two mana cards. Um, when you in the early game, you pay the price on on turn two. You rarely have two one mana spells to play. So early on in the game, and I would say this lasts up until almost turn six, you're kind of behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're struggling a little bit because you are behind. Um, it's just then Yannick comes out and things start to equalize after another turn or two. So that's where I'm that's where I'm struggling a little bit. Um, as far as cards that I'm looking to cut, um, Black Market is I was thinking the same is, thing. is fine, but it doesn't the deck is the deck is relying on Yennet playing playing the spells for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Black Market is nice, but not super necessary. Yeah. It um, helps with things like uh, fifth assist. Uh, yeah, but like other than that, like you've got ways to make mana, and right. you're not gonna be wiping the board and having black market all that often. Right. Um, um, another card I'm considering re- considering removing is Void Winor. Um, for those who don't know, Voidwinner is a 9-mana Eldrazi. It's an 11-9 creature, but it says your opponents can't cast spells with even converted mana costs. How odd. How odd indeed. And your opponents can't block with creatures with even converted mana costs. Um, Void Winner, it has a tendency to shut games down. Uh, your, op- <laughs> you know, your opponents can't play half of their half of their spells. It's it's a it's it's just a little too oppressive. I mean, Sanctum Prelate is one thing, but Void Winner is a whole other story. <laughs> um, and in this deck, um, the Void Winner can can come out um, just because of the way Cryptic Sovereigns works. So I'm a little reluctant to leave it in there. Um, it, it'll I think it's going to stick around for at least a couple more games, but I, I'm not sure that that's really something that. That should be there. Mm. Um, and the nice part is, when we're talking about the 7 and the 9 mana cost cards, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of them are just cards I can swap in and out. Oh, yeah. Just take them out, find some other cool effect, and put that in. So, like, Ghastly Conscription, it fits in the deck because it's a 7 mana card. Right. But, you know, if you take it out and put something else in, it'll be just as fine. <laughs> so... Um, so that's uh, that's sort of where it is there, um, yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's there's always a couple that I yeah I'm you know never never really sure if they should stick around, but um, for the most part, yeah, for the most part, I'm kind of happy with where with where I'm at. I'll give it a few more games before I start yeah pulling out pulling out some of the bigger cost ones. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of this deck. Uh, personally seems very run-of-the-mill white blue black and i think that just happens because a lot of these cards that want to protect want to destroy uh etc end up being you know a lot of the 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 like quote-unquote staples yeah end up being odd because they're one or three right well Uh, and a lot of the staples in the colors that that is yenit Mm-hmm. Do exactly what you want them to do for Yenit's for the deck. So, 
that's why uh, I mean so that's why there's a lot of the the cards in here are fairly predictable and maybe not not super exciting um, but I mean I think uh, it's been it's been interesting to see cards come in and out uh according to like trying to stay on theme right um it's been very exciting to see what get what stays and what goes right i mean we were talking earlier about the courts i mean they're four mana enchantments yeah so like it's like oh <laughs> like that that feels bad if you flip it off the top right. granted it just goes to your hand say so it doesn't feel too bad right uh but now everybody knows you have it yeah um what what was the question that I had that I was gonna wrap things up with? What do you want to see more from this deck? Like what 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 uh what kind of effects uh would you be willing to I sacrifice to, other effects for? I have to start looking at uh cards that allow me to uh to put pressure on my opponents uh going wide. Mm-hmm. Uh this deck right now is very Voltron. Um and the way it plays out really lends to just piling in with Yennick. Mm. Uh, and you build around that. So even if other creatures come out, they're there to block while Yennick swings kind of thing. Um, so I'm looking for cards that are a little, that offer a little more range mm. um, that, you know, can I create an army and swing and swing all in with that? It's part of the reason why Ghastly Conscription is there is the idea that, you know, it would give me a, another way to win, um, so it's that's that's probably where the deck is headed. Uh, a little less, uh, you know, tune down the Voltron a little bit and tune up the yeah, tune up you know other options. Yeah, have it be you know somewhat somewhat wide rather than just super tall. It I mean it it seems to be like in a really solid place compared to where it was what a year ago. Yeah, um, and I'm having a lot of fun playing it. So yeah, it it definitely has like from the first time you played it made leaps and bounds in terms of playability. Right. Um, and you have not only honed in on your theme, but uh, made the deck do deck, uh, right? Which is always exciting. That's the thing with this deck is that yeah. it's either going to be a land or odd. So right. you got a 60-40 shot there. Right. The other fun part with this deck mm-hmm. is a lot of people, when they're playing against it, look at it and they say, okay, so you've got <clears throat> you've got blue. So they're concerned that you're going to play it, that you've got counter spells. Mm. Well, you only have to know what Yenit does. <laughs> so if I flip the card, I have to play I, I can play it. Well... If it's a counterspell, I don't want to play it. And do I really want you to know I've got counterspells in hand? No. So this deck doesn't play that way. Mm. It really... It, it is not reactive at all. Yeah. Because the idea is... That card that gets flipped, it needs to be able to be used now. Yeah, you so, don't want to depend on something else already being on the stack because it can't be. Right. Um, the middle of my attack. Yeah. So... Um, so I try not to use. Yeah, I tried not to use a lot of counter spells. I'm um, trying to figure out how that would even work. I think you would have to add more top deck manipulation to be so, able to have the counter to draw to, it. Yeah, on my draw on my draw as opposed to having it sit there. Yeah, and yeah, that is that is the way around it because it sounds. You're, you're I'm already doing that with land. 
try and get the land off <laughs> yeah. the top. Um, that sounds so, uh, awful. Yeah, so there are ways to do it, but um, and then on top of that, if you're doing that, am I really gonna, am I going to stick to my odd mana cost rule? Right. You know, do I want to play cancel, cancel, and all the cancel or arcane yeah. denial or whatever else? Um, so, because I mean, at that point, you don't care if it costs one, two, or three. Oh, yeah. Because you're never going to play it with using it its ability, so why not run something that's an even? But that's a that's a point that I've never, I didn't really want to get get to with this deck. I didn't want to have to try and work the balance so tight. Yeah, because I mean, you know. the thing that really replaces the counters in this deck are the ability to uh, play Yenit over and over again, or do do things reactive to your opponents i mean you've got you know removal so then you just play the thing again out of either your graveyard or command zone or whatever right um or you like you just end up with more mana or incidental free spells uh to be able to counterbalance the like not having any counters in this deck right uh and i mean that's a better way to play yeah it's more fun that way anyway yeah um yeah i'm I'm excited for this deck again and again and again i always like to see it come out just yeah. to see what I, I like the what's the, gonna happen this time yeah i like the the performance of of flipping the top card um even if you already know what it is it's like a it's like a magic trick <laughs> bruce the magician Ooh. um let's hey, go play some magic let's go play some magic um i'll, I'll play my obosh deck so it'll be odds versus evens. Right. I don't have an Olash deck. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great night. Uh, we're Temple of False Bud, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> uh, have a great night, and may your fifth land be the temple. Oh, fifth land. That's odd. Fifth land. Oh, bye. Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there leave some comments for more casual enjoyment thank you so much for listening we'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual so come hang out and may your fifth land be the temple bye-bye should i do my best bruce bye